Brother Marty was talking about some of these, uh, at the time, were very young boys falling in the footsteps of their father after that tragedy all those years later. And uh, it made me think that I hope I, uh, in some ways, follow in my Heavenly Father's footsteps. And uh, I hope in my life I can make an effort to follow the path that He's laid out before me. And uh, not only my Heavenly Father's footsteps, but I hope to follow in a... My mom raised me, but my uh, we lived with my grandfather and my, my grandmother. I didn't know my biological father until I was a, a teenager. And I hope in some ways I can follow in what I consider to be my father and my grandfather. I hope I can follow in his footsteps in some ways, too. And I see the, uh, I see the foundation that... Uh, That God laid out <clears throat> using my grandfather. <clears throat> Hearing stories about my grandfather uh, long before I was ever born, he was a uh, he was always a good father and a loving husband. But he was a he was a really he was a pretty rough character in a lot of ways. And uh, sometimes shortly before I was born. The Lord took hold of his heart, and uh, not of this faith and order, but he wound up becoming a deacon of a Southern Baptist church, and uh, shortly before he died, he started exercising in the ministry. I got a lot of friends who tell me they feel sorry for me and not ever really knowing my dad and my grandpa died at such a young age. Sometimes I feel sorry for myself too, but my, my grandfather loved me in those eight years more than a lot of fathers love their children in 50. So I'm appreciative of that. I thank God for that. But my grandfather's not who I'm most thankful for. I'm, I'm most thankful to my Heavenly Father. That in spite of whatever tragedies bring me, this life can bring in whatever struggles and turmoils, that no matter what sinful path I choose to walk from time to time, that the sovereign God of heaven, the God of all glory, looked down and favored me, not because of me, but in spite of me. And I'm thankful for that this morning, and I think we should all remember remember to be thankful for that. What I have to say to you this morning is, it's something very simple. It's uh, It could be preached on for an eternity, though a mortal man, even though blessed of God to speak on the things of God, could can never speak in fullness of it. But I want to talk to you this morning about the three steps God took and the, uh, the order in which those steps were taken post-resurrection, post-resurrection of Christ in order for a child of grace 
to be in heaven and to be made right before God. These are things we all know, I hope, and things we all understand. And I just, I just wanted to, to talk to you about that shortly this morning. So, if you would turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to start out in verses 3 through 6. So this is the first step in our lives here today that God took. And, and the first step is the same, whether you were born post-resurrection or pre-resurrection of Christ on the cross. <clears throat> this, this first step is the same. Ephesians 1, chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Verse 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Just want to make a little more sense of that verse 4, even though I know we all know it. According as he, God, has chosen us in him, Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we, the children of God, the, the foreknown, the ones he chose, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So that's the first step, whether you were born, like I said, post-resurrection of Christ or pre-resurrection of Christ. That, that's, that's the first step that God took for all his people to, uh, to be with him in immortal glory. And uh, like I said, what I was most thankful for is my heavenly father and, and what he's done for me in spite of me. And, and I, I just want to, I want you all to remember these verses and to, to look back on them whenever you, whenever you feel struggle, whenever you feel the effects of sin, whenever you feel that you've walked too far. I just want you to remember that, that God chose you and looked down on you with love and he's loved you before you ever had an atom or a cell in your body before he ever created you before this, before God laid the foundations of this world, he loved you and he chose you and he didn't choose you in a way that you could ever be taken from from him. He chose you in his son, Jesus Christ. And that's something to be thankful for. That's, that's, that's one of the three things I'm most thankful for, and you'll figure out the other two things I'm most thankful for in my life in just a minute. So that was the first step God took. He, uh, he chose his people and his son before the foundations of this world. And the second step God took for a child of, of grace, born post-resurrection of Christ, is this. If you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Verses 20 and 21. This is, this is a, this is scripture telling us what Christ is gonna do. Matthew chapter 1 verses 20 and 21. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. 
So the second thing that had to be done was that the Lord Jesus Christ had to save his people from their sins. And I want to read to you what I think is a one of the moments marked in scripture where Christ actually saved his saved his people from their sins and when it was when it was finished. So if you would turn with me to John chapter 19 verses 25 through 30. Gospel of John chapter 19 verses 25 through 30. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his, mo- unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his home, into his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it into his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. That's the moment in eternity where where the promise God made to himself through his son and with his spirit that's the moment when it was when it was finished <clears throat> a few verses before that you'll you can read about the, the three hours of darkness and uh, we think about I feel sorry for myself sometimes thinking poor me and then I read the verses about the three hours of darkness that took place. And I've, I've said it once and I'll say it again. And as long as I stand up here speaking on these things, you'll, you'll always hear me say this. That those three hours of darkness that took place on the cross at Calvary, I don't believe it just took place by Calvary's hill. I don't believe just, just a shadow of darkness was cast over Christ. I don't believe that the Roman Empire in which Calvary's Hill lied, I don't, I don't believe that three hours of darkness just, just happened there. I don't believe it was the whole Western Hemisphere. I believe for three hours this entire world was covered in a shroud of darkness, darker than the blackest midnight you've ever seen. And what was happening in that darkness was that the Father was pouring out a wrath that was due you and I. He was pouring it out upon his only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in that three hours of darkness was the greatest tragedy, and as you've heard Brother Marty say many times, the greatest injustice that this world has ever seen and will ever see. That a spotless lamb, God himself, had to come down and wrap himself in flesh and suffer the sins and iniquities of wicked people. But the Lord Jesus Christ did it with love in his heart. He did it with obedience. He did it for the love of you and me. And most importantly, he did it out of love to his father. And if somebody who has no fault is willing to take the fault of all of God's people. 
in order to serve God, then what little God asks us of, asks of us in this life, we should, we should be willing to, to serve Him. He doesn't ask a lot of us. He asked everything from His Son. He asked everything from His Son. And He doesn't ask much from us. We should be able to honor and serve Him to the best of our abilities every day. So that's the second thing that happened for us here today. The Lord Jesus Christ stepped down from His throne of glory, was wrapped and found in fat, wrapped in flesh and found in fashion as a man. He went to the cross of Calvary. He went to the cross at Calvary. It was His cross. He went to the cross at Calvary and suffered the sins of all of God's people that God foreknew before the foundation of the world. All of God's people He chose in Christ before the foundation of the world. Those are all those that Christ died for on the cross. And the third thing that had to happen was that we had to be born again. If you would, turn with me to John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto them, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher, come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So it's clear in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, those verses I read, that, that we had no part. I know you all know that we had no part. God did it before we had a a body to, to say or hear anything with, it was, that was completely the will of God. And I wish Christians today would look at that verse, those verses in, in John chapter 19 where Christ hung on the cross at Calvary because he was the only one hanging there. there we, we were in flesh. We were not there with him. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ did that by himself, and we had no part in that. And I know Brother Marty's talked about this before, but right here, John chapter 3, verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. What it's saying is that the Spirit of God goes where it listeth. The Spirit goes where it wants to, the Spirit goes where truly where God directs the Spirit to go. And it, it's not about me and you and what we do and what we want. Apart from God, we'd have no want want for Him, save He's done all these things for us. But the Spirit does this according to God's will, completely by Himself. And these are the three things that I'm most thankful for. 
I'm just going to go over them one more time quickly, and then I'll turn it over to Brother Marty. Number one is that before the foundation of this world was laid, the sovereign God of heaven looked down, looked at his son, and chose a people. Before you and I were ever born, God chose us in Christ. Number two, the second thing that happened for us is that the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross, and he suffered in our stead. He suffered for our transgressions. He suffered for our sins. He bore the wrath of God and finished the work that the Father sent him to do. And he bowed his head and gave the ghost and said, It is finished. And some three days later, he rose up from the cross victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And sometime shortly after that, he ascended back to the right hand of God. And the third thing that happens for us, the children of God born post-resurrection, is that at some point in our life, whether it's while we're in our mother's womb or whether it's in our old age on our deathbed, during while drawing our last breath, it, it doesn't matter. The Spirit of God will born us again. And all these things had to happen, and all these things will happen for every child of grace. And uh, whenever you're struggling in this world, whenever you're feeling sorry for yourself or feeling like you just never get the luck of the draw, whatever it is afflicting you, just remember these three, these three things have happened for you. And if these three things have happened for you, there's, there's nothing that can, there's nothing that should, should bring you fear. There's nothing that, there's no time in your life where you shouldn't be able to ultimately step back, look up to God and find joy in your heart because God has loved you and his son, Jesus Christ, and sent a spirit to live and take up residence inside of you. And that should be the number one thing that all of us are most thankful for. So may God bless you as my prayer. And I ask that you continue to pray for me also.